What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Keeping It Real podcast. I am your host, Michael Bunnell. And anyhow, in today's podcast episode, we are going to be talking about inside the mind of Elon Musk and how to be as productive as Elon Musk. I love studying successful people like Jeff Bezos, Tim Cook, Elon Musk, um, even Oprah, like low-key love Oprah and Ellen. Those two are the goats. Um, But I wanted to really get into the minds of these individuals. It's like, okay, you're successful, but you essentially started out from nothing. How did you start from nothing and build your way to the success that you have endured today? Like, I've always been fascinated by this, and I'm actually starting to pursue my master's next month in industrial and organizational psychology. What that is, I have no idea, but it sounds cool. No, I'm kidding. Industrial and organizational psychology is more of like motivating in the workplace or really just like the psychological aspect in the workplace of employees who might be struggling. And I were to like, I would go in as a consultant or even work for the company as a whole. And it's almost like a behavioral coach, but you come from it more of like a psychological background instead of a upbeat motivational. It's like, okay, why are you not being productive right now? And what can we do to help you get productive, meet numbers, do whatever it is, and just really be like efficient in the workplace. And so that is what I am going to study. And a lot of that stems from the fact like I love studying successful people. I love knowing what makes successful people tick, how they started, um, and really just like get into the mind of really highly successful people. And so when it comes to Elon Musk, there is no question that the man is a genius. I don't care like if you hate him, if you hate Tesla, SpaceX, anything, you cannot deny the fact that Elon Musk is a genius, pure and utter genius, like electric cars and reusable rockets, like Who even thinks about that? Apparently, Elon Musk does. And so I was wondering, okay, here he's not just the CEO of or like the founder of Tesla, SpaceX, and there's another company I think called like Neuralink or something. I haven't heard of it, but I'm sure a lot of other people out there have. And it's like, okay, how are you the CEO of three, well, two highly successful companies and then Neuralink, again, I don't know if it's successful or not, but how do you have time for that? Like, I barely have time for my day job, and I'm doing one class a quarter with my master, so it'd be like two semester classes, and it's like 20 hours a week, so I'm maybe doing like, well, I take that back, actually. My school is like 10 hours a week, so I may be putting in like 50 hours of work on a weekly basis, and I'm over here pulling my hair out, and it's like, okay, Elon Musk is the CEO of two highly, highly successful companies, and a third company that I'm pretty sure if he wanted to invest more time into it, it could be up there with Tesla and SpaceX, and he also has a family. Yeah, he named his kid, like, AX, I don't even know what he named his kid, like, oh my gosh, I wonder if he was, I wonder if Elon had just smoked a joint with Joe Rogan before he named his baby. I That makes you wonder. He had to have. Because it is just like a bunch of names and symbols. I don't even know what the kid's name is. I feel bad for him though. Like that kid's going to go to first grade and no teacher is going to have any idea how to pronounce his name or what to call him. 
There's going to be like a uh, musk in the back. Yep. Okay. What do we call you? So aside from all of that, <laughs> oh man, it's no question. Like I said, musk is smarter than the average individual. I was watching, I keep getting sidetracked, but whatever. I was watching a few interviews on musk and he just sits there awkwardly for a little bit. Like they ask him a question and he'll sit there awkwardly and it's like, his brain is just coming up with this sophisticated answer and he's trying to simplify it so that everybody else can comprehend what he's talking about. It's like, okay, how do I make myself sound a little bit dumber so that I can be on other people's level? And that is exactly, you know, just like the type of person Elon is. You might not like him as a person, but damn, you have to respect him. Like to have built the companies that he has from the ground up, Tesla. I mean, I was on the stair stepper two years ago. I remember like on the stair stepper, I was watching a YouTube video of somebody saying, actually it was Graham Stephan. If you don't know who Graham Stephan is, he's a financial YouTuber with like, I think 2.5 million subscribers. He was saying invest into Tesla because Elon Musk is a genius. And I pulled out the Robin Robin Hood app and I was like, okay, it's $230. I really don't want to spend $230 on one stock because I mean, what if that stock were to go like down? You know, what if Elon Musk would have done something stupid like smoke a joint with Joe Rogan and all of a sudden that stock just absolutely hits the bed? That is something like I always feared and that's why I've never really been a good investor. I'm getting better at it now though. But had I invested $230 at one day, just like one stock, today that would be worth over $3,000. That is how much Elon Musk has grown Tesla. And SpaceX continues just to like skyrocket, uh, no pun intended there, continues to skyrocket. Uh, They have two rockets now up at the space station, I think, and... Yeah, I mean, there's just like no stopping Elon Musk. That is all why I wanted to really just get into the mindset. Like, okay, how does he do it? How does he build two amazing companies in SpaceX and Tesla? How does he maintain somewhat of a lifestyle? Um, Obviously, he has a wife and multiple kids now. Um, But, you know, as a CEO of three companies, how does he do it? And I found some similar, you know, throughout all of the research that I've done, I found some similar responses that Elon has talked about before. And the first one is to start your day with meaningful work. So as the CEO of three companies, like I said, Tesla, SpaceX, and Neuralink, he has a lot to do on a daily basis. You know, most of us, me included, struggle to remain productive and efficient at our one job. Now, imagine being the CEO of your job, so like your boss. Imagine how much more stress they have than you do and then being the boss of their boss and really just being like the CEO of your company. Like that, for me, makes me want to pull my hair out. Now, imagine that being like times three. That's just unheard of. This is why Musk starts his day with his most critical work. This is Starting your day with critical work is a habit of highly highly productive and successful people i feel like everybody does this but for musk this means dealing with important emails that he needs to address so that he can delegate a good amount of work to other executives 
He said he generally wakes up at like 7 a.m., replies to critical emails for at least a half hour. Um, I don't know. Like when I think about that, I'm like, how does he know what email to respond to? Because if anybody's ever checked their email at like 7 a.m., you know how many like spam emails you get overnight. Now imagine having the like your Elon Musk. People have to know your email, and like millions of people have to have your email. I'm sure if you Google Elon Musk's email, you could probably find his email. It's probably Elon at Tesla.com or Musk at SpaceX.com or something really cheesy like that. So I just want to know how does he even go into an inbox that's probably like I don't even know, like thousands deep every single morning and know which one is a critical email or like he has to have multiple assistants going through that every single morning before he wakes up saying, hey, put this into the critical work, put this into the trash. I don't know. But anyhow, that is what he says he does. He focuses on the most important work. So this is something that him and Jeff Bezos have both come out and said is that the reason they do this right away in the morning is because being the CEO of a company shouldn't be the most stressful job in the company. It should actually be like one of the least stressful jobs. The reason for that is because you get to delegate all of the work onto other executives and they delegate it to employees and other staff. So overall just like helps run like the company run a little bit more efficiently. But for Musk, he says he focuses on signal over noise. He doesn't waste time on stuff that actually doesn't make things better. So that is why it is important to find the most important task for the day and tackle it first thing in the morning. You know, your mind is going to be clear and your energy is going to be a little bit higher. Maybe get a few cups of coffee in you, but go ahead and, you know, really it's just going to put your mind into that winning mindset as you go throughout the day. And the longer you procrastinate on doing stuff, we all know, like, if for me personally, if I don't exercise first thing in the morning... I know I'm probably not going to do it because as the day progresses, you just get carried away by everybody else's tasks or things that come up or meetings. And who am I kidding? I'm, I don't have a lot of meetings, but you just get carried away with distractions. And so that's why doing the hardest thing or the most important task during the day, do it at the beginning of the day. So that is the first one. The second one is to communicate efficiently now go figure elon musk who wakes up at 7 a.m and goes straight to his emails is a good communicator communicator gosh can't even talk today but when musk is not building rockets or creating what are probably the coolest cars i think in the auto automobile industry um there's one place you can find him and that's responding to emails in an interview he actually joked like he's like i do a lot of email i'm very good at emailing that is my core competency. And as a CEO of three successful companies, you need to be good at emailing. Like it is important that you can communicate effectively, but he will take it a step further. You know, most people will just email other executives um, or just like departments email within departments, not necessarily whole companies, but Musk will frequently email his entire company with earning updates, uh, tips on how to communicate effectively with one another, kind of ironic there, uh, company visions and goals, and then strategies to help employees be more productive at work. As Musk puts it, the reason for this is because people work better when they know what the goal of the company is and why. 
you know, it is important that people look forward to coming to work in the morning and enjoying work because when employees enjoy going to work, they're going to be a little bit more productive and they're just going to have more motivation to actually work. And I, for one, agree with this. I used to work for a company where the CEO never communicated with anybody and it wasn't even that, I mean, it was a big company, but it wasn't over the top. It wasn't Tesla or anything like that. And you never even got a like newsletter from the CEO. You maybe got like one a month and then it was the same article that was printed into the company's magazine. And it's like, okay, I'm passionate about the company, but I don't even know who I'm working for. I don't even know whose dream I'm building. So every day when you get into work, it's like, why am I here? Why am I here when I'm a, well, I'm at the corporate level, I'm in the same building and it's not that big of a building as the CEO. I've never seen him. I've, I've never interacted with him. It's like, whose dream am I building? And why do I just feel like I'm wasting my life doing this? And then I went to a company where, you know, I am states away from the CEO and they throughout the whole pandemic, they have communicated more than I have ever experienced in my life. They would email us um, and then we would have weekly company wide uh, Zoom meetings and they would tell us like what's happening in the company. Are we looking into selling any of our buildings? How are we doing as far as performance wise? Everything like the minute they had something to talk about or something to share, they would do it and there wasn't a filter on it. This made it incredibly easy to come to work because Throughout the pandemic, there are so many uncertainties, um, but it was like you could be certain of one thing, and that's that you were going to have an answer as to what was going on. You were going to hear from the CEO just about like the company's performance and what you can be doing better. And I don't know, like there's just part of it for me. It is so much easier to go into work when you have that communication level, like not only with the CEO, but like managers, other team members, everything you need to communicate effectively. If you want to run a company like a successful company. And so for Musk, he also is pretty good at public speaking. You know, like I said, just as long as you can get past the long and awkward pauses. Um, but he is constantly doing events for Tesla, for SpaceX, and he also goes out of his way like to other speaking engagements, and he shares insight into his life and how he managed to grow the companies that he is now the CEO of. So what is Musk really saying by us? Whether it is emailing, whether it is speaking engagements, be, you know, I, I don't even know. I can't talk right now. Communicate effectively. You know, talk with your teammates, talk with your boss, really just look for opportunities to grow and communicate. The third thing that Musk does really well is batch tasks together. That is a tongue twister. I have stuttered over that so many times, but Musk multitasks strategically and whenever possible, he'll combine several tasks together in a productive hack known as quote unquote batching. So, for example, he'll answer emails while eating lunch, or he even said like he did it walking into meetings with a cup of coffee in his hand. I was like, holy cow, if I did that, I would walk straight into a wall. I mean, I walk into walls with, <laughs> I walk into walls without even having a cup of coffee or responding to emails. I don't know. I just get tired and doze off and boom, there you go. But for Musk, if 
a meeting isn't really like benefiting him, then he just pulls out his phone, goes straight to the email. And I, I think this is something that people might find offensive, but I think it is genius because we all have those company wide meetings where it's like, why am I here? They clearly aren't talking to me. I don't know why I need to be here. This isn't benefiting me in any way. So why not do something a little bit more productive with your time? I admittingly have had meetings where I just kind of like put my headphones in, listen, but then I'll pull up like a blog post or a YouTube script and just start like typing or even now like doing homework and assignments. I'll start doing that during meetings as well because I want to optimize my time as efficiently as possible so that, you know, I can save some of that time later on. Like, I don't want to waste time. That is, time is of the essence. Everybody's been told that. Time is of the essence and don't waste time. Elon doesn't waste time. And really, like, if the CEO of three successful companies doesn't waste time, there's no reason that any of us should either. So on the subject, here's a quote from Elon. He says, what I find is I'm able to be with my kids and still be on email. I can be with them and still be working at the same time. If I didn't, I wouldn't be able to get my job done. I'm not saying, like, do this, but, I mean, if you're with your kids, enjoy time with your kids. If you're with your family, enjoy time with your family. Everybody needs to disconnect a little bit, but, I mean, he is also, like, working 80-plus hours a week. If your kids are just, like, on the playground, running around, doing nothing, like, I don't know, do something more productive with your time. Grab a book, read a book, or respond to emails do whatever it is. Just don't sit there with the thumb up your butt. That's not really a good thing to do for anybody. Um, but another example is going through emails and invoices, like I said, while on meetings or, um, I don't know, just like if you have a break, people over lunch breaks don't like doing a whole heck of a lot. I was in office building. We were forced, well, not forced. I shouldn't say that. We were told to take an hour-long lunch break, and people would just sit there on their phone, watch YouTube videos, and then there's me just in the corner going ham on my computer, like typing away on my laptop, doing personal stuff. And I'm like, it's an hour. It takes me like 15 minutes to eat. And then for 45 minutes, what am I supposed to do? Just sit on YouTube and do nothing? No. So I would bring my laptop every day with my lunch and just walk into the lunchroom, and <laughs> I would purposely go sit in the corner so nobody would look at me probably drew more attention to myself but i would just sit there and you know do stuff that i actually found productive and what you find productive is going to be different than what i find productive um but i don't know just do something better with your time other than sitting on your phone and doing nothing the fourth habit of elon musk is he always tries to improve and this might be one of the best pieces of advice ever and the fact that it came from elon musk makes it all that much better but he says, I think it's very important to have a feedback loop where you're constantly thinking about what you've done and how you could be doing it better. I think that's the single best piece of advice. Constantly think about how you could be doing things better and questioning yourself. And for Musk, you might be like, dude, you are the CEO of Tesla. You are worth billions upon billions of dollars. Why do you keep pushing yourself? But the thing is, like, you can never remain sedentary or don't settle. Like, that is just terrible. Settling is going to kill any and all success. And so for Musk, it means surrounding himself with people who are going to constantly push him. 
And it really speaks volume of his leadership. You know, while he may be proud of what he is able to accomplish and the companies that he's been able to grow, but like to have that desire and motivation to still continue to drive forward, that is, I I think it's truly remarkable. And, you know, there are always going to be better, faster, cheaper, or cooler options out there to pursue. And, you know, while most of us find something that's like in our comfort zone, he's constantly trying to push past those boundaries and build the next best thing. You know, having a mindset like that is what you would actually call a growth mindset. And it is a determining factor that can separate successful individuals from their less successful counterparts. If you haven't read The Growth, oh man, what book is that by Carol Dweck? Uh, It's called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. Highly recommend reading that book. It is an incredibly good book. It really just like picks apart a growth mindset from a fixed mindset. A growth mindset is when you look for ways to continuously improve and grow your life. A fixed mindset is where you just kind of settle and you're like, okay, well, guess what? I got a $50,000 job. I'm happy with that. I'm just going to work this $50,000 job for the rest of my life. Not really a good mindset to have, um, especially because, you know, you. I mean, who wants to make $50,000 the rest of their life? Why not just continue to try to push and be happy? But at the same time, it's like you still got to want better for yourself. You know, as you grow, so too should every area of your life. At least that's what I think. The fifth and final thing that Musk does a little bit differently is he embraces stretch goals. And this is one that is overly important to Musk. So if you haven't looked into the life of Bill Gates, um, a fun fact about Bill Gates is he actually takes a year or a week off every single year and he'll go hunker down in like some little cabin shack where nobody is able to get a hold of him doesn't bring his phone only brings like books and calendars because he'll just sit there and read he'll sit there and read books for an entire week and he'll plan out and just goal set and this is arguably one of musk's most notorious character traits as well and it is his tendency to set incredibly ambitious goals and deadlines for his company's projects So when asked why he sets such ambitious goals and deadlines, he said it's because the first step is to establish that something is possible. Then it will probably occur. And in doing a little bit more research on that, I found a story from a former SpaceX executive that just, you know, shares a little bit like inside the mind of Elon Musk from somebody who would work with him on a daily basis. And the former SpaceX executive said It's like he has everyone working on this car that is meant to get from Los Angeles to New York on one tank of gas. They will work on the car for a year and test all of its parts. Then, when they set off for New York after that year, all the vice presidents think privately that the car will be lucky to get to Las Vegas. What ends up happening is that the car gets to New Mexico, twice as far as everybody else expected, and Elon is still mad. He gets twice as much as anyone else out of people. And that is crazy. Like, if you think about it, Tesla, a Model 3, is supposed to go like 260 miles. So the fact that he's in L.A. and wants to get a car to New York on one charge or one tank of gas, I mean, that's just 
effing mind-blowing. But what it does at the same point is it pushes everybody else because if everybody else has that goal of like, hey, we got to build this car that's going to get from LA to New York, and what ends up happening is like they're, you know, most people would be happy getting a car from LA to Vegas. But in pushing them and trying to get that car from LA to New York, what they find is that they actually are twice as successful as basically everybody else in the company thought of getting a car from LA to Vegas and get it to New Mexico. So that is the example of a stretch goal. You know, it is a goal that is beyond your current capabilities or rather what you perceive to be your current capabilities. And that's exactly what it's meant to do because we are only as strong as our mind thinks or the limits and boundaries we set for ourselves. But by stretching those, or by implementing those stretch goals, rather, you're pushing yourself past those boundaries. And once you do that, you start to, you know, really just create new boundaries and start to see new capabilities. And then you just keep building and building upon that. And it's truly remarkable. Like, humans are capable of so much more than they think. If another person who, gosh, I'm nerding out right now. I'm so sorry about that. Another person who um, kind of talks about this is David Goggins in his book, Can't Hurt Me. Um, his podcast, everything like that just talks about when you think you are like on the brink of giving up and you just can't go anymore. You're only at 40% of your true potential. And, you know, Elon is trying to break into that extra 60%. He's trying to push people a little bit further, a little bit further because there is more to give, but we have limited ourselves so much in life that we're in our comfort zones. And that's why Musk and Goggins and all of these successful people are just trying to establish new boundaries. And in doing so, that's when they find that success because they're willing to go just a little bit further than everybody else is willing to go. So this type of growth, you know, it doesn't happen when you're aiming for things that are just as doable as what you've already done in the past or what everybody else is doing around you. And Musk knows this, you know, the initial plan of Tesla was to start shipping the Roadster in 2008. The company pushed that deadline back several times in the car. It eventually became successful or available in 2008. And even though they released a car almost two years past the deadline, Tesla delivered the first completely battery-powered electric car. And in Musk's words, he says, I say something, and then that usually happens. Maybe not on schedule, but it usually happens. So for you, what this means is whatever you want in life, you know, set that stretch goal. If you want to become a millionaire, put that goal out there of wanting to become a millionaire. If you want to have the number one rated podcast on iTunes, put that goal out there. You might not achieve it on the deadline that you are willing to give yourself or wanting to give yourself, but you're going to achieve it. You just got to keep going and keep tapping into that extra little bit of potential. And Musk's stretch goals have given us a world, you know, where one of the best cars you can buy is electric and where we have reusable rockets. And it's just amazing to see what Musk has been able to do. And part of why he says this is like, he's like, okay, when Henry Ford made cheap, reliable cars, people said, nah, what's wrong with a horse? And Musk says that was a huge bet he made, and it worked. And in doing so, Musk is trying to follow in Henry Ford's footsteps of, you know, building the next thing, you know, 
Henry Ford built a car when people were riding horses. Now Musk is wanting to build an electric car when people are driving gas-operated cars. It's like you get into this comfortable pattern, and it's like there's not a need to change anything. But yet, think about that. If Henry Ford didn't want to push past the boundary of uh, trying to create a car, people might still be driving or driving. <laughs> people might still be riding horses today. And that just goes to show like a stretch goal, a car. If you think about the concept, like a plane, a car, all of these things are really magnificent pieces of engineering. And had that one person, had the Wright brothers, had Henry Ford, had Elon Musk not come along and embrace stretch goals and really tried to push past the peak and the limits that everybody else is setting around them, we might not have these things today. So that's why it's important to set stretch goals that, you know, main that break past the status quo because the status quo isn't going to lead to you becoming successful. And it's not going to lead, definitely not going to lead to more electric cars or reusable rockets or whatever dream or ambition you have for yourself. So that's why you got to set those stretch goals for yourself. You know, push past your boundaries every second that you can and continue to grow. You know, take it from Musk. Like, dude's a genius. So don't take it from me. I'm in the same boat as you. I'm working to push past those boundaries on a daily basis, but from somebody who has, you know, look at the success that he's endured and it's only because he's pushed past those boundaries. So before we wrap up today's podcast episode, I want you guys to know something. You might be thinking, okay, well, Musk is worth a billion dollars and I'm broke and have no extra money. But the truth of the matter is Musk really isn't any better than you or I. Um, he just uses his time a little bit. Well, not a little bit. He uses his time far more wisely than most of us do. So that's why it's important that, you know, you learn from some of the habits that he has laid forth so that you can implement them into your life and become a little bit more productive. And who knows if you keep with it and develop some of these habits then maybe you too will be building electric cars or reusable rockets or whatever you want to do in the near future. So that will wrap it up for the podcast episode today. I hope you guys really did enjoy, you know, if nothing else, just go, you know what you need to do. I mean, everybody knows what they need to do to get to where they want to be in life. I mean, if you don't, then Google it. There are so many tips out there, but just listen to yourself. You know you best. If you know you need to be a little bit more productive, then find new ways to be more productive. If you need to be a little bit healthier, Find ways to be healthier. Everybody's different, but just learn from some of the tips that the most successful people have laid forth and really just try to change your life as much as you can. So thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast episode today. If you did enjoy it, definitely be sure to subscribe down below, uh, leave a rating and a comment. Um, And then, yeah, we'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Goodbye.